Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Katie Meyer, it's great to have you here and hear from you this morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, first of all, what... What um, prompted you, first of all, to to look into this and file some freedom of freedom of information requests? And what, how did this all begin for you? So actually, um, this came from a tip. I hadn't filed any requests, but um, an Oppo research group. It was a right wing opposition research group mm-hmm. that does a lot of you know of this type of research about Democratic governors. So this is. You know, definitely they had a politically motivated reason for yeah. filing these requests, and they, you know, told that to me. They're very upfront about it. They had filed um, right to notes for Shapiro's calendars. He, they had been denied. And the reason this was significant is uh, not because the law is controversial. In Pennsylvania, for the last decade or so, it's been pretty well established that as long as uh, state officials, government officials in Pennsylvania categorize their calendars in a certain way, they call them personal notes and working papers, and they don't circulate them widely, they don't have to uh, respond to right-to-know requests for those calendars. However, previous governors have. Um, Tom Wolf publicized pretty detailed calendars as a matter of course every week. And so the reason this is significant with Shapiro is he has rolled back that practice. He's not going to publicize the calendars. So that was the revelation uh, that uh, this Apo group came to, and uh, they pinged us about it and that's why I looked into it. Okay. Is there let me just ask you this because I've I've reported on him for for years and years and I know, you know, he, he and his wife, they have four kids and some of them are younger. Is there mm-hmm. I, you know, I so I just thought why would he change something that for example, you know, Wolf um his predecessor as you said and a fellow democrat, why would he change is there some security aspect to this or could there be or what I'm just trying to think of why sure. Why doesn't he want to sure. publish his calendar. So that was one of the things that Shapiro said, um, that his office said in denying the request, that uh, the calendars include a mix of professional and personal uh, you know, appointments. Some of them are doctor's appointments. Some of them do involve, I assume, his kids. They just said people under 18. Yeah. But I'll say, often in calendar requests like this, you can do redactions. Anything that's considered a personal appointment, something that involves kids, there are preemptions you know, ascribed in the law that, you know, relate to those things. And so you don't have to share, you know, for instance, I took my kid to soccer practice. You don't have to share where <laughs> you're going with them. They can redact a lot of information. So in this case, though, what they did was much broader than that. They did cite the, the privacy concerns as part of this. They cited security concerns. They said they don't want to, you know, show how the government's movements, you know, 
go every day, which is something that, you know, it's kind of a matter of argument. You can you know, redact as much as you want from that stuff. But uh, they chose a, a much broader approach, which was that none of the calendars are going to be shared. And this, by the way, the kind of information that I would be interested in, that I think a lot of journalists would be interested in, the public might be interested in, is not, you know, is he taking his kid to soccer practice? Where is it? It's who is the governor meeting with? Who does he meet with frequently? What advisors is he meeting with? Are there private companies that are getting a lot of meetings with the governor? And what are they discussing? And so, uh, again, redactions are totally possible under the law. You know, one of the questions, too, that makes beyond the security, the, the security, you know, piece of it, and and mm-hmm. that's that one, you know, I could see, right? We can all see that. But then the question is, and I know even when he was running for governor, you know, I had sources who were saying, wow, he's really traveling out of state, especially to California. He's doing a lot of fundraising. And we know that, and it's an unfortunate piece of running for public office that politicians, you know, are constantly fundraising. And that's the next question. You know, with mm-hmm. Wolf, he, he, I, I think Wolf was, was out. He didn't want to fundraise anymore. He's independently wealthy, but also I think he was just retiring and moving. He didn't want to be president or something of that nature. So does the, some of this lead you, Katie Meyer, to think, hmm, is he meeting with, is he doing fundraising? And is that a piece of this? Your question, yeah, is it fundraising? I mean, I don't have the calendar, so I don't know. So I don't want to speculate yeah. on that. But sure, I mean, politicians, they fundraise a lot. Tom Wolf fundraised too. Um, and uh, we don't have campaign finance limits in Pennsylvania. You can kind of fundraise as much as you want. And, of course, the governor has a role where he or she, um, usually they're male governors, in Pennsylvania, but they, uh, you know, fundraise on behalf of their party as well. So, sure, that's probably a component here. I don't know if it's the reason why Shapiro doesn't want to release his calendars. Um, I just can't say. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great, I love, I love this kind of story, Katie, because it's not something that's top of mind for for most people. And you even go back in and you look at the history of, you know, mm-hmm. back back in the day, and I'd forgotten about this, you know, when former Republican Governor Tom Corbett, when he had that legal battle, and you go into that with an AP reporter who wanted the, the calendars, and that was why Wolf had talked about transparency, you know, and you even think of this day and age, even with an Elon Musk who got into the argument with the, like, college kid who was tracking his, you know, his flights, what, mm-hmm. what is the right to know with, with the public? For Shapiro, I'm a little surprised with this because usually he his mo it, when he campaigns is, "Hey, I'm you know I'm just a regular guy and I'm transparent." I, I were you surprised that that I wasn't necessarily surprised. I kind of don't have any expectation yeah. coming into these things. Um, and as you said, you know, previous governors have had real battles with reporters over their calendars, over other aspects of you know the transparency of their offices. Um, Corbett, it's funny, I mean, he did end up sharing more than Shapiro is now. Part of that, I think, is because the law was still evolving then, the case law on the right to know law in Pennsylvania. But, um, yeah, I mean, there was a, a years-long battle where he was suing a reporter over the calendars. And uh, when it comes to Shapiro, one of the sources I talked to in this story did mention, you know, he's coming from the attorney general's office. That's an office that's, that tends to be much more locked down. They don't share as much of their schedule, of their calendars, of their work, just because a lot of it is pretty confidential. Um, and that could be a reason. But again, I don't want to, I'm not in his head. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why they make these decisions. 
you you've written a lot about state government. So I know that you had written about um, education and the way we do states education funding, and that was mm. one. And people can look at all of your your articles, and you do you do a great job, and you're very objective, you. and and I love the research that you do, Katie. But can you take us? I mean, obviously, we just had a big vote yesterday in the Pennsylvania House, and and mm. uh, Republicans are now saying that there was a sneaky tactic, etc. But as far as education funding, what's your take and what have you written about with regard to Pennsylvania's education funding? Huge story for us here. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, so the the landscape right now is just that uh, there was a Commonwealth Court ruling uh, earlier this year that said that Pennsylvania's public education funding is inequitable enough that it is unconstitutional. And so the state government has gotten a mandate from the court. Uh, they could still appeal it. It doesn't look like they're going to, but there's still some time left for that. They've gotten a mandate to overhaul the way that we fund public education. And many of your listeners might know there is a fair funding formula um, in Pennsylvania to disperse education funding, but much of the funding is kind of sourced through this old formula that uh, has, for instance, outdated population records for school districts. So in any case, um, where, where are we now with it is uh there's a, a very large debate going on in the state house. I don't think it'll be resolved in this year's budget over what to do. The court didn't actually prescribe a solution. So a lot of Democrats, for instance, they want a real wholesale um, overhaul of how we fund education, more money into it. Republicans are going really hard for um, school choice. So for vouchers that would uh, make it possible to sort of sort uh, state money into private schools, charter schools, other options for parents, the sort of money follows the child uh, approach. So that's going to be something I think that we're just going to see them fight over for a long time. Um, I don't think, again, that it's going to be solved in this year's budget. But um, as you kind of alluded to, mm-hmm. they are negotiating a budget right now. And so I will be you know, watching very closely what they do with education and on many, many other issues. Yes, absolutely. Uh, before I go, I, I always want to end on some kind of a positive note. You know, as a journalist and a reporter and reporting on our state government, and it's an honor, you know, when you walk into, you know, the Capitol building or you're talking to lawmakers, what do you see that you're encouraged by as far as bipartisan legislation that brings forth some some good news as far as what they're working on and what they're agreeing on? Yeah, I think that's a nice question. Um the dynamic in Harrisburg is very interesting right now. The House is so narrowly yeah. controlled by Democrats. Um, the Senate's controlled by Republicans, Democratic governor. One thing that came out in recent years uh, that was big news here in Philadelphia, where I live, um, and also across the state, was uh, a truly bipartisan bill is this thing called whole home repair um, that is supposed to make it easier for people to make repairs on their homes, uh, often so that they can stay in their homes. They don't have to sell for a low price to developers, that kind of thing. And that was championed by Nikhil Sabal, who's a, a pretty progressive senator uh, here in Philadelphia, but also conservative lawmakers across the state, Dave Argel, uh, and uh, that was something where it was a truly bipartisan piece of legislation. They're still negotiating, uh, you know, what kind of money they're going to put into it in this year's budget, if any. But uh, that's something I'm watching. I think that's, uh, again, a, a rare example of a real bill that has money attached to it that both parties got behind. Katie Meyer, Spotlight PA. Hope you come back. Thank you so much. Uh, Love the work that you're doing. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks, Katie. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.